and welcome to this week's very sunny episode of Everything Under the Sun, a weekly podcast answering all the most pressing questions children around the world have about life on Earth. My name is Molly, and today I'm at the Science Museum in London, where they have an exhibition called The Sun, Living with Our Star, all about our closest star. There are two curators joining me called Harry and Amy. They work at the Science Museum in London and they know everything about the giant star we call the Sun. Harry is going to help me answer our first question, which is from Sophia. Over to Sophia. Hi, I'm Sophia. I'm nine years old and I live in Oxford. I love dancing and my question is, why is the Sun so bright? To answer Sophia's question, I'm handing over to Harry at the Science Museum. Hi Sophia, that's a a great question. Um, I'm Harry Cliff, I'm the lead curator of the Sun exhibition at the Science Museum, so I'm going to have a go at giving you an answer. So the Sun is absolutely incredibly bright, and the reason it's so bright is because it's creating huge amounts of energy every second. And to give you an idea how much energy, enough light from the sun falls on the earth every hour to power all of our needs across the whole planet for a whole year. And it's doing this every second, all the time, pumping huge amounts of light out into space. And actually for the last, well, in the 19th century, so 200 years ago or so, where this energy was coming from was a huge mystery. People didn't know how anything could be giving off so much power. They had ideas that maybe the sun was a burning lump of coal and that was where its light came from. But we only really figured out the answer to this question at the start of the 20th century when scientists discovered something called nuclear energy. So ultimately where the sun's power comes from is right in the center of the sun it's incredibly hot it actually gets to a temperature of about 15 million degrees and at those temperatures hydrogen which is the main component of the sun is banged together incredibly hard and when that happens it fuses and makes the next heaviest element in existence called helium so hydrogen is constantly being fused together to make helium and when this happens light is released and that light gradually burrows its way out through the sun reaching the surface and then travels across space to us here on earth and this is going on every second inside the sun continuously and that is ultimately the reason that the sun is so bright thanks harry i love that answer So the sun's light comes from the middle of the sun, where it is so hot that hydrogen inside the sun turns into helium and in the process makes light, which shoots across space to Earth, making our days bright and sunny and making us feel nice and warm, helping plants to grow and solar energy to be produced. How amazing is that? Just think of all the things sunlight does and all of that comes from the middle of a big star, from hydrogen turning into helium. I hope that answers your question, Sophia. Our next question comes from Romilly. Hi, um, I'm Romilly and I am six years old and I would like to know why the sun will turn into a big red giant. Well, that's a tricky one, Romilly. I'm going to let Amy Davy from the Science Museum answer that one because she knows all about the most difficult things there are to know about the sun. Over to Amy. 
Thanks, Romilly. Great question. Why will the sun turn into a big red giant? My name is Amy Davey, and I work at the Science Museum in London, where we currently have an exhibition all about our relationship with the sun. In the exhibition, we have some objects on loan from Harvard College Observatory that were used by scientist Cecilia Payne in her research during the 1920s. She was the first person to discover that the sun was mostly made of helium and loads and loads of hydrogen gas, about 73%. Hydrogen is a really good fuel because it burns really well. Here on Earth, we sometimes use liquid hydrogen to power rockets. At the moment, our sun is a type of star called a yellow dwarf. It has been shining for nearly 5 billion years. At the centre is loads of hydrogen, which keeps our sun burning. But, in about 5 to 6 billion years time, the sun will run out of hydrogen fuel at its centre and it will start to burn the hydrogen in its outer layers. This will cause the sun to get bigger and bigger. Eventually, it will become a big red giant star and destroy the Earth. There is still lots that we don't know about the sun. In 2018, NASA launched the Parker Solar Probe, which will get closer to the surface of the sun than any spacecraft before it. And in 2020, the European Space Agency will launch its solar orbiter to try and find out more about our closest star. Who knows what we will discover next? Thanks so much, Amy. I love finding out about Cecilia Payne in the exhibition at the Science Museum and just now in your answer. As Amy said, Cecilia Payne was the first person to work out that the sun is made of hydrogen and helium. Cecilia decided to study astronomy after listening to a lecture by a man called Arthur Eddington about an expedition to an island off the coast of Africa called Principe, where he photographed the stars. She said after hearing him talk, she had a total change in how she saw the world. She decided to go to Cambridge University and she finished her degree, but she didn't officially get one because Cambridge didn't give degrees to women until 1948. Imagine that. But she didn't give up and she went to Harvard and she was the first person to get a PhD in astronomy at the college there. While she was studying astronomy in Harvard, she found out that the sun is made of hydrogen and helium. All the scientists there at the time mostly men, I might say, told her she was wrong and said she ought to say so publicly. These men said that the Earth and the Sun were definitely made up of the same stuff. But they weren't right. Cecilia was. Even though she knew that she was right and the Sun was made up of hydrogen and helium, unlike the Earth, she said actually she wasn't sure. Maybe all her discoveries could be incorrect because everyone told her that's what she had to say. But later on, another male scientist said she was right. And he is often credited with being the one who discovered the sun is made of hydrogen and helium. But we know the truth. Well done, Cecilia Payne, for finding out that the sun is made of hydrogen and helium. I hope that answers your question, Romilly. For our final question, we have Alice, who has a question about the colour of the sun here on Earth. Hello, my name is Alice. I am six years old. I like dancing, swimming and going to rainbows. My question is, why is the sun orange? Thank you. Well, because Amy from the Science Museum knows so much about the sun, she'd like to answer Alice's question too. Over to Amy. Thanks, Alice. Well, that is a really interesting question. Why is the sun orange? To answer your question, why is the sun orange, we need to think about sunlight. 
Sunlight comes from the sun and is made up of all the colours in the world. Some that we can see, like red, blue and green, and some colours that we can't see, like infrared and ultraviolet. You might have done an experiment, perhaps at school or at home, where you split light using a glass prism and you can see all the different colours. If you reverse the experiment and combine all the colours, you get white light. The same thing happens with the sun. It is essentially all the colours mixed together. So the colour of the sun is actually white. And when you look at photos of the sun from space, it looks white. But here on Earth, the sun often looks orange, particularly at sunrise or sunset. This is because the atmosphere around the Earth is really thick and it scatters the white light. It separates it just like a prism. The colours that get through the atmosphere to our eyes are mainly reds, yellows and oranges. This is why the sun looks orange. I hope that answers your question, Alice. Well, some things I love about the sun are that the sun is a star and it only looks different to all the other stars we see twinkling up in the sky at night because it's much closer than the other stars. The astronomical name for the sun is Sol, S-O-L. Sol, the star, the sun, is enormous. It's 1.3 million times bigger than Earth and it's 93 million miles away from us. But amazingly, it only takes light from the sun 8 minutes and 19 seconds to reach us. Isn't that an interesting thought? The sunlight you see shining through your window or warming your face outside left the sun 8 minutes ago but travelled 93 million miles to get to you. The moon is much closer to us than the sun and it's smaller than the sun. But even though the sun is way, way bigger than the moon and much further away, when we look up from the earth, they look roughly the same size. Isn't that strange? It's also remarkable how an eclipse of the sun is possible when the moon seems to cover the sun and stop sunlight reaching us here on earth. So the sun gives us light, warmth, rain, and without the sun there wouldn't be life on earth. It helps plants to grow, without it we wouldn't have food, and it keeps us humans healthy with vitamin D. The sun is an incredible star, and how lucky we are it shines on our planet, Earth. I'm going to wrap up our investigation into the sun with this quote from Galileo Galilei, which is, The sun, with all those planets revolving around it and depending on it, can still ripen a bunch of grapes as if it had nothing else in the universe to do. If you'd like to win tickets to visit the Science Museum's exhibition about the sun, all you have to do is tell me your favourite flavour of ice cream. Just think of all those lovely ice creams you've eaten on sunny days. What's the most delicious flavour you've ever had? I will ask an ice cream seller to pick a winner out of an ice cream cone and let you know who won next week. Lastly, I would like to tell you about my new book I have coming out on the 7th of February. It's called Natural Wonders of the World. Is full of stories, facts, photos and drawings of some of the most beautiful and interesting natural places on Earth. If you read it, you can swing through the rainforest of Madagascar, waving at lemurs, eye-eyes and strange creatures called tenrecs. You'll dive into the ocean to explore the Great Barrier Reef and swim into a cave said to have been built by a giant. You can canoe down the Amazon River through the rainforest, fly to the sci-fi island of Socotra to see incredible plants like dragon's blood trees, and see giant sequoias, the largest trees in the world. We'll watch birds of paradise perform their exquisite dances, gaze up at the northern light shape-shifting across the night sky, and see butterflies that fly thousands of miles in search of the sunshine. 
There's something in the book for everyone, and I hope you're going to love it. It's available online now to pre-order and will be available in all good bookshops in the UK from the 7th of February. I'd love to answer questions about natural wonders of our world on everything under the sun. So if you have any questions about any of the places I've mentioned or anywhere else in the natural world on this planet we call home, do send them in. Huge thanks to Sophia, Alice and Romilly for this week's questions, to the Science Museum for the tickets to see their exhibition, The Sun, Living with Our Star, and to the wonderful curators at the Science Museum, Amy and Harry, for telling us all kinds of brilliant things about the sun. Think about all the things you've learned next time you look up at the sun or feel it warming you up and shining brightly on a sunny day. A big thank you to Ash Gardner at House of Strange for the theme song and Audio Networks for all the lovely incidental music we use this week. I'll be back next week answering more questions from children around the world in another episode of Everything Under the Sun. Thank you and goodbye. (laughs) 